Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Promise, and you're listening to a Day of Praise Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, Kyla, can you open us up in prayer? Yes, I can. Thank you. In your name, Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for today, God, and we thank you for being in our midst, God, and moving through our Bible studies and impacting the lives around us, God, and allowing this ministry to reach across the globe and shine your light, God, and that you use us to display your love to everyone, to your children, God. Lord, we just thank you for our partners and the people that you put in our path and the friends of our family and our ministry, God. We just thank you for all these things. In your name, Jesus, amen. 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 So I want to welcome everybody, as, as we just did, and I want to welcome Dean back because he is with us again, and we are... Mm-hmm. Blessed and honored to have you with us, to discuss the word with you, brother. Glad to be back. Good. So, we are continuing our study in Daniel. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're going to begin in chapter 6. Can I get a volunteer to read uh, the first nine verses, please? I will. All right, Layla. It says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom, and over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them, so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors, have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for thirty days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right? There's a lot in here that we're going to get to. And we want to open it up to you guys first, right? To share what the Holy Spirit is revealing to you. Okay? Okay. And if there are any questions, please ask them. Okay? Yes. Who would like to go first? I, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling that was coming. Okay. Let's let the Charles go first today. Yes, because the last time he, he did, of his own accord, allow everyone else to go before him. So <laughs> you can take the lead today, sir. First, I have a question slash statement. Why does it say whoever petitions to any God or man for 30 days except you, O King? 
it's kind of question more so a statement. You can also see that there's two ways you can interpret that scripture. A King Darius thought himself was a he was a god, or two he was he thought he was smarter than everybody else, and that he should she he should be the only person that people should come to. And the Lord was showing me that the people were placing stuff on him, and King Darius was none the wiser. He didn't ask the Lord for uh, discernment. Yes, on what was going to happen and what to do. He just went with it because it sounded good to him. People will come to me, and that's all I care about. If it's me, me, me. And you can. And I also want to point out when Dar- when not Darius. Daniel was set over all the governors and all the satraps. I found it interesting that even though he was a different king and most kings would get rid of high-positioned people from different kingdoms, he decided to keep Daniel along because he saw that Daniel was wise and had the Spirit of the Lord around him. And he saw that everything that he did was blessed and that there was no need for him to go check Daniel's work because he was constantly doing what he was told. Not just listening to the king, but listening to what the Lord told him. And he also had the wisdom of how to go about this. And he could advise the king how to rightly, uh, I say, manage his affairs. Okay. That's good. There's a lot in there. A lot in there. Are you talking about Daniel or Joseph? Daniel. (laughs) Right? Sounds similar, right? You see similar... Characteristics, qualities, traits, attributes. There's a little bit of crossover there. Yes. So, but here's the thing. We, it doesn't say initially why Daniel was promoted, right? Why Darius kept him in that position. You see in verse 3 how it describes that Daniel distinguished himself being in a position. But we do know this. The Lord is the one that appoints so, yes, because we can go back to chapter five, and as we briefly discussed last time, right, Daniel did not want the position and the the royalties and the the robes and and all those things that Belshazzar was going to give him, grant him, <clears throat> right, bestow on him for whoever could interpret the writing and its meaning, right, yes, or read the writing and interpret its meaning. He did not want that. But yet, Belshazzar still did that. Still gave him all the things that he had stated that he would give. Right? But let's look at the, the timing of things. This happened right before the kingdom is lost. And as you see or read throughout history, especially in the Word or otherwise, what typically happens to the leadership? They get killed. They get eliminated. Absolutely. But yet, the Lord chose to spare Daniel. And not only spare him, again, right, because remember, that's how we were first introduced to Daniel and his companions. Hananiah, Azariah, and, um, what was it? Mishael. Mishael, yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, right, so you see this again. Another takeover of a kingdom, and yet the Lord, again, sparing, saving those that are his, that will follow him. And worship the Lord in truth in every aspect of their life. And, well, I, I see a similar 
uh, or Daniel, placed in a similar place, if you will, as to what was promised. He's over 120 satraps, which is 120 different governors, or if you will. There are, there's three governors, right? Yes. yes. So the governors and satraps, these are like sub-governors, if you will. <coughs> so they have an important position. He's over 120 of them. He's one of three people that have this unique position. It's an incredible thing that the Lord did. But he kept him, and then not just keeping him, saving him, putting him in a place of prominence, of importance, of significance, but also with it that he has the placed in a position that he can influence others and bring opportunity to know the Lord and come into a relationship with him. So I find that unique also, right? But it's something that we should be aware of, right? The exact how, right? What yes. What is said versus what's not said, but then also with that knowing and discussing our Lord's character, knowing who he is and how he does what he does. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So, good, sir. Anyone else? Promise was or, next, baby. Okay. Promise. Let's hear it, sir. Okay. I kind of found it interesting that the three other two people that were the position of dance that Daniel thought they didn't want him to get hired than them, so they were trying to go, well, why don't we kill, not like murder him, but like go, let, why don't we devise a plot to get him out the way so one of us could take his place? And kind of like how they're thronging around King Darius, which it kind of seemed like, they're trying to push something on their own king. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, that's not your typical governor behavior. Like, what the... Yeah, most people say, oh, king live forever, but it just said they thronged around him. Okay. So how do you understand that, sir? That, like, to me, the word throng doesn't mean, like, all being pleasant, but kind of, like, bombarding, bogarding. Exactly. Being forceful, if you will, um, intent, insistent on having a something occur, right? Yes. Have you all not experienced that in your own lives? Maybe even towards us sometimes, right? You're really insistent on something, whether it's good or bad, right? Yes. <clears throat> Not that persistence isn't a, can't be a good thing, right? But, but almost trying to force something to occur, right? Mm-hmm. Which then takes it from being persistence to having a, I'll say, a negative connotation behind it, right? Yes. Okay. So you, you kind of see that played out here. And no, they didn't ultimately accuse Daniel at this time, right? But they understand, or they are laying the foundation, the groundwork for a trap so that they can accuse him later. Does that make sense? 
years. So you see the the planning, the mindset, and all that go into this, just the accusation. Not unlike with Satan and his discussion with Daniel, or with, sorry, with God in the book of Job, exactly. He had already searched how he could attack him. Right, that's why when the Lord says, hey, have you considered my servant Job? He says what? You have a hedge of protection around him. Which means he's already searched it out. How can I get at this individual, the servant of the Lord? It's not by chance, right? This, these are, I'll say, cold and calculated moves. So you see the mindset and you see what's behind it already. And and while you did make the statement of, well, ultimately they didn't want to kill him. No, they, they did. It's about removing him from the position by any means possible. That's natural human nature. If someone's, in a, in a, if you will, in a position that someone wants in the flesh, someone will view that person as an obstacle. And what do you do with obstacles? You remove them. So you see the, the human or flesh nature here in these first nine verses. Cain had no example of murder in dealing with his brother, Abel. Exactly. He had, but yet that's still the decision that he came to, and we know hate in your heart for your brother is equal to murder. So it is the same thing in God's eyes. Ladies, do you have something you wanted to say? Go ahead, Carlos first. Go ahead, Layla. To the point that promise made with the satraps and the governors, how they were thronging King Darius, and the point that Dad made that that's Satan's tactics, he does come to people, and what he tries to do is bogart you and put everything in your face to in an attempt to overwhelm you and get you in a place where you can't make the right decision, and you're just now rushing around like a headless chicken trying to get something done. Like, if you don't do it now, something's going to happen. If you don't do it now... Now, 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 trying to get you to move. Mm-hmm. That's how he tries to snare people into his his claws. Mm-hmm. And in this, these governors, you see that in the beginning with King Nebuchadnezzar. And they, um, back in chapter 3, verses 8 through 12 says, Therefore at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn... Flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. So they too... You got King Nebuchadnezzar to make a decree to try to get rid of um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in an attempt to remove them and take them out of God's promise and what he had spoken concerning them when they chose to go willingly to Babylon and they followed his commands. And you see with these satraps also, Satan is not an original creator. He can't create anything. He uses the same playbook every day in and day out. And you can see it. It's easy to identify when you listen to the Lord. It's not some rocket science. But, um, and you just, you see them uh, 
again in an, in another kingdom, Satan trying to come again and steal that seed and take the promise of God, what he told these people, that if you go into captivity and do what I ask you to do, you, their prosperity will be your prosperity, and you'll be blessed. And and Daniel and his companions are blessed. And then you have the enemy, whose only purpose in life is to steal, kill, and destroy, He's doing just that. Exactly. So it's important that we watch and stay aware of that and not allow ourselves to be caught in this fishing net. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. I love that you pointed that out, mm-hmm. that... There was Nebuchadnezzar, or now under Darius the Mede. Or these are two different peoples, right? Two different nations. And at the core, the attack, or the foundation for the attack, is the same. Mm-hmm. The, the devil is not this wise, shrewd serpent, right? It is cunning, it is deceptive. But at the core, is, is no, there's nothing original there. It's the same thing over and over and over. So we should, that's why scripture also tells us, we should not be unaware of Satan's devices. Mm -hmm. It looks the same at the core. It's the same every time. And we'd just be wearing a different hat. Exactly. Or a different accent or things of that nature. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life are the areas that he comes to tempt in. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Dean, did you have something that you wanted to share? Well, Kyla go. She was getting ready to go. Oh. One Kyla, oh. weren't you going to say no, something? Go ahead. Oh, I just, I mean, I think it's interesting what everybody has brought up, <clears throat> kind of tying it together. It's interesting that um, tumult came up so much. So if we look at, um, go back to the Hebrew in that, that comes from Ragash. I just wanted to look that up. To be in tumult or to gather tumultuously. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think we can you're talking about the schemes of the devil. It, that's when people force us to be in that situation and feel the need to make us be there where we feel rushed or harried or whatever. That's not the Lord. That's right. Absolutely. That's, that's not how the Lord operates. That's, that's our right. key of recognizing that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, there's, there obviously is a lot going on here. Um, you know, here's the king saying. <clears throat> I, I want to put this structure in place. And as he defines that structure, he's saying, um, so that things don't go bad for me. That's right. Mm-hmm. There's no loss. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, I can't say it's scripture, I wonder if some of it wasn't out of laziness. He's appointing others to do things he should do. And then even within his own structure that he created, that he said would be there, of 120 satraps, or uh, if we take that back to the definition of princes is another way of looking at that. So they were not yes. a governors, but it comes from the word uh, prince. So these right. princes of these areas that he put in. So sub-rulers as we are, but yet they're almost like many kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. And so that feeds to the pride of those that got that title. But I've got three over top of them. Mm-hmm. Right? So... Well, why couldn't the king respond to them? Why did he need those other three in those? It would seem to me like he could divide those more. Anyway, it's just a thought that I had with that. But mm-hmm. it says, and because of who Daniel was and the way that he delivered, right, The way the, his work was so excellent mm-hmm. that the king couldn't put him in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. And yet he's not there when all of them come to him. And they say, all. So 
the king subverted his own process of authority by having the 120 that are ruled by the three that report to him, and yet he takes the 120 and some of the three possibly mm-hmm. without the key one that he thinks is the one that's going to be ruling it and listens to them apart from the other one's counsel. Mm-hmm. So he's basically saying to the ones that he said are supposed to be in submission to the three over them, you can subvert that and come around and come to me anytime you want to, and I'll listen to you. So he undermined his own authority that he put in place. Absolutely. And their motivation wasn't to do what they were hired to do, which was uh, – I'm sorry, I was in the um, – in the linear seat. Um, I'm trying to remember. So they, they were set in place because – I'm trying to find the exact wording of it. Okay. They were set in place – I jumped ahead here. But to, to nothing – no bad would happen. Mm-hmm. That's verse 2. Yes. And over yeah. these three governors of whom Daniel was one – Not suffer loss. I'm sorry. Yeah, not yep. suffer loss. Yep. And yet they're working against him because the one that's the most qualified they're trying to get rid of. Mm-hmm. So their, their immediate response is to do exactly what they were – do work against what they were hired to do, right? So just, just that was just interesting things that just jump out of that. It is, and, and then the king was blind to all of it, which is the things he was. What he put in place to protect himself, he undid his own protection. Absolutely, and so we, we we were talking about how the enemy comes in these three areas: the lust of the flesh, the lust of the <clears> eyes, and the pride of life. And the pride of life caused him to be caused him to be blinded to the wisdom of the counsel that he had. <laughs> put in place before you're absolutely right dean absolutely right and then the step further is how have we done that in our own lives and right in in however numerous ways right because can happen but the structure that we should be applying and adhering to is the lord's and the structure Mm -hmm. that he's given us for our for our life for our household for the nation right Mm -hmm. for Everything, and it regards every aspect of our lives, life and conduct and, and everything therein. How have we subverted that in our own lives and then suffer the consequences of that exact thing, going outside of his will, of his protection, of, of everything that he's set up, and then wonder why well, we're suffering those consequences? It begins here. This is a lesson that we can all learn from. So thank you for bringing that up, brother. Mm-hmm. That's that's a great point. That's deep. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Amen. Anyone else have anything they want to add? All right, Kyla. Um, as promised and LaCharles mentioned when they were talking about the wise men, the wise men coming to talk to the king, I also saw that when they approached him and how they were trying to bully him mm-hmm. and pressure him, they saw him as a weak king that they could easily manipulate. And it also reminded me of King Nebuchadnezzar's dream, how he was a part of gold and the kingdom coming after him was silver. And if you look at it from a natural standpoint, silver is weaker or of less value than gold, mm-hmm. but gold in its purest form is soft and pliable. Absolutely. But, Silver, in its naturalist form, isn't. Because even in its natural form, it still has other elemental compounds. It's never pure silver. And it kind of, in my mind, it reminded me kind of of their hearts and how 
And at the end of King Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom with his son, it was at its weakest phase and it was easily snatched. Mm-hmm. Because they tell you, like, if you to find real gold, you bite it. If you can't bite it, it's not as pyrite. Fool's yes. gold. But also how easily the kingdom was snatched from Belshazzar and given to Darius. But also how foolhardy Darius was with his counsel. And how he allowed them to bully him. And I don't know if they threatened or anything but pressure him to make a foolish choice that would ultimately plan for his demise if the Lord didn't correct it or wasn't corrected later. So that was just what I saw. Mm-hmm. Amen. It's, I'm, I'm thankful for the Lord. And, you know, yeah. as we have our, our brothers and sisters in Christ that have gone before us and we're able to take a look back at the journey that they took, you know, it's easy being on the outside to see Oh, there he is right there. There's the enemy right there. That was God's divine intervention right there. You know, that that bifurcation in the road. And then, oh, the robber's in the tree. You know, don't go that way. It, from the outside, it's easy to look at that. But when we're standing in the midst of our own lives, <clears throat> it's important that we see. And by see, I mean we keep our eyes and our focus on Jesus Christ and Christ, and we're listening to the Holy Spirit and relying upon and resting on the counsel of God to make the decisions that we're going to make in life. And knowing his character helps us to rely upon the counsel that he gives us in the instructions. And um, we want to just be, you know, mindful of that and putting forth our best effort because, um, like we pointed out, Dean, earlier, that it, it takes effort. It takes diligent effort to walk before the Lord. It's not something that just happens because it wouldn't be a narrow path if it didn't take some careful steps to walk on it. If it was a broad path, everybody would be on it. It'd be easy, you know, just as the way to destruction is, it it, it almost happens without Actually. effort. Right. It'd take it right on to hell if you're not watching. But to put our, our sound counsel I mean, our sound effort into living the life that God has for us to listen, hearken to the voice of God's word, even if it's in the smallest thing, like, "Mm, don't eat that. Don't eat that today. Or um, to the large things and to know the the point of the word of God is to equip us to deal with the enemy, to equip us to, to stand in the place God has for us, to enforce the rights that God has given us, and also to enforce what he's already done he's already stated and declared the enemy is a defeated foe and to make sure that we reign and rule in christ jesus so being aware of the small details and then taking them and applying it to our life to go okay yep that that instance right there that happened and this is why it happened take your personal accountability but then go okay god now here's your grace and show me how to walk and make your effort not to fall into the same traps again to do what you can to go away from that. And, you know, sometimes God will reveal to us something super small that we wouldn't even have thought was actually a way for the enemy to come in. And here it is, you know, causing all this unraveling in our lives and the good work that God is doing for us. It's undermining it. Just like, you know, what we're seeing, the satraps, the the lower rank unraveling what Darius did and putting the three governors in place and also looking to promote Daniel why wasn't he here? 
why wasn't the one that has the the spirit of God in in this in this scenario? Why wasn't he present in this tumult? Well, okay, because he wouldn't be, because he's just demonstrating he's got an excellent spirit, and we know where the spirit of God is. Mm-hmm. There's liberty, there's peace, and there is no confusion. So the fact that he saw confusion coming, he should have said. Err. If Daniel's not a part of this, it must not be up to any good. And I'm not trying to find fault with anyone. I'm not trying to find fault with us as people. But also, I want to admonish us to take a look back at those things and go, okay, God, I see this. Now, that situation right there, I saw that that big, that the sea became tumultuous. You know, these things started happening. The crowd was in an uproar that was coming against Jesus. Let's recognize what's going on and then put it in its place. But our effort to always stop and go, okay, God, what are you saying? I have time to seek your counsel. If I don't have time for anything else, to take another breath is going to be, I have time to seek your counsel. That is what's to be prized and put in priority over everything else. Amen. And also, you see that Daniel made it his business to walk in an excellent spirit. Kind of changing pace a little bit and Mm -hmm. looking at it from the other side. This righteous man of God who God is, is purposefully elevating and you can't help but rise to the top when you're walking and reflecting Jesus Christ, you're naturally going to rise to the top. Even if it's a, on a prisoner level, you're going to rise to the top of the prison. If it's, you know, being a, a slave, you're going to rise to the top of that, that environment as well. So that's why it's important for us always to be diligent about our pursuit of Jesus Christ and doing what honors him. Amen. So I, I want to, Kyle, you said that, um, so Belshazzar, um, Nebuchadnezzar's son, you said the kingdom was snatched from him because he was weak or at his weakest, right? Yes. What, what made him weak? His, what made the kingdom weak? His disobedience and his pride mm-hmm. is what ultimately caused his downfall. The Lord says several times throughout the scripture, he resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And you could see that as an example with Nebuchadnezzar. When he humbled himself, God offered him grace and humility. But Belshazzar didn't humble himself, so he was made low by what we would say as harsh forces. forces. But that's how the Lord operates. You can't be proud and expect the Lord to work on your behalf. And I can speak from personal experience. I've had it this week. The Lord was like, well, you thought you were going to save face and have some dignity. Well, now you have none. But it's also a learning experience because if you feel like you're too good for anybody else, how can you ask your God? And he knows everything about you. How can you talk to him and ask him for that if you think you're too good and you're going to save face? So could you, would you agree if you uh, call that being self-reliant? Yes, mm-hmm. it was. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, it's deliberately omitting God. Yes. I mean, I, we're self-reliant. We're, we're purposefully omitting God. Mm-hmm. Yes, and... Um, That's what weakened his kingdom. Yes, it right. was. Right, so mm-hmm. it's just interesting, because when you were saying that, I just thought, so look at the, the, just the, the first three words of verse 1 of chapter 6 of Daniel. It pleased Darius. It pleased who? Darius. And so what started all this mess that just unfolded? His self-pleasure. Yeah, his self-reliance. <laughs> he didn't, 
And, you know, Kamisha, you were saying, he, here, here he had right in front of me, <laughs> acknowledging, I got nobody better than Daniel. But I'm going to let Daniel run everything because I'd be a fool not to. He does it so well. And yet, in his own mind, conceived this plan that started the whole thing running. Omitted God from it. And just, oh, please me. <laughs> Let's make this happen. <laughs> I got a great idea. Yeah. No, you don't. <clears throat> That's why we're also encouraged and admonished in Scripture to bring our plans before the Lord. It's not that we we can't think things out, but let's bring them before the Lord and, and see what He has to say about it. Right? Mm-hmm. Does does He sign off on it? And if He does, okay, and then the, that's going to be successful. And if He doesn't, well, He's not just going to say no. He's going to tweak the plan and tell you this is the way you should go. He gives us the answer. Mm-hmm. And when the Lord speaks. It is best for us to come into alignment with it because we know there's success and fruit in every good and perfect and profitable thing. Mm-hmm. So, so let so how, how what's the the way that we go about making plans? We see in various cases there's something a desire on your heart. Go to the Lord and say, God, give me wisdom and how to make this plan. This is the situation that's before me. Give me wisdom. Holy Spirit, come in and speak in this situation. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to say. Tell me where to go. And then wait for the Lord. Pause just for a second. Trust. Make sure you've you've asserted your trust and placed it in Jesus Christ squarely. Placed your hope in the Lord. And then as you go forth, trust that he's going to minister through you to give you wise counsel. And then when you've got that plan all written down, come on back. Say, Lord, okay. Did I understand what you were saying? Did I get what you were going for? And he'll go, oh, yeah. Well, this little part right here, I want you to straighten that out. This word is actually what I'm talking about, and this is what it means, et cetera, et cetera. But otherwise, let's go. And then go, okay, God, thank you for that. I, I accept it, and I bless you. I forgive. And, okay, how do I carry it out now? What's the first step you want me to take in doing it? And then go back and listen to the Lord. And then believe as you're going, he's going to work out the steps before you. And then go down the path and keep your hand in his. Keep asking him and checking in with the Holy Spirit. Is, is this what you want? Are you satisfied? Is this not your permissive will, which is a dangerous place, but is this your perfect will? Is this what you want for me, God? And he'll let you know. And if he says no, stop. And as he directs you through that, follow his steps. If he says, go take 10 steps, and wait for me. Then take 10 steps and wait and put on a good attitude. You know, for David is when you come around the outside and when you hear the footsteps in the treetop, then I want you to, right? If Dan, if David had said, no, I'm running in now, God, like shut I up. Like did the first time. Last time, you, you know, and charged in, he would not have gotten the victory. There's a good chance that he would not have got. might have been merciful and gracious to him, but there's a good chance that he wouldn't have. And he would have had only himself to look at. Because when you're God... You take the responsibility as well when you put yourself in his place. So, you know, there's there's an applicable way that we can apply the, you know, the right way that we can use God's word. It's not just for them or for someone else. It's for us. And it's just simple. God always wants us just to come back and put our hand in his and trust him and walk where he tells us to walk, step where he tells us to step, stay where he tells us to stay and be grateful in that process in that process and have a good attitude about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One last thing I want to bring up in this, because you mentioned this, I think about 
putting ourselves in the Lord's place. And in verse 7, that's exactly what they're doing here. And, and Charles, you pointed this out as well. About the royal statute and decree, whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except the king. So you see a, a similar structure, a counterfeit, to what the Lord established as the structure, where we each, as children, as sons and daughters of the Most High, can go directly to him. Right, that, That's half, the, half of what's happening here, is everyone's going directly to the king. It circumvents the entirety of any structure that the king was setting up in the entirety of the kingdom. Nobody can petition anyone. Well, then I, I can't go to a different satrap or one of the governors for requests. You can't ask for a cup of water. Nothing. <laughs> for a 30, of right? You have to go completely around all of that and go directly to the king for whatever the request is. So you see the, again, the counterfeit nature of what the enemy is trying to do in this. But I bring it up so that we can be aware of it. Oh, excuse me, Dad. I had a question. Yes. If the satraps, if they said nobody can go to anyone else except for the king, wouldn't that displace them as well? It gives them a direct audience with the king. But that is, and this is why I say this is in this, and Daniel, it's a counterfeit nature. Because we have the ability to go directly before our king and father, Right? Our Heavenly Father, which is what he wants and desires. Yes. So that's why there's the counterfeit nature. Yes, it, it displaces them from asking each other or go or... Through the chain of command that's Everybody else asked them, but they could go to the king too, but no. wouldn't everybody else be going to the king as well? Everybody has to go to the king, yes. But for people that are under, right, a structure, right, chain of command, whatever way you want to phrase it in the military... Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if the private circumvents the entirety of the chain of command and goes directly to the commanding officer? <laughs> right? Like, what kind of chaos would that would ensue as a result of that for everything, for every command? Also, how can commands be given and passed down? Right? It eliminates the what's referred to as the Jethro principle, which we see established under Moses, right? His yes. Father-in-law says, hey, why don't you appoint... And it's a principle you see even in management today in businesses. One over every 10, 10 over every 100, right? Like, so you see that, that same principle still in place today. It circumvents all of that where you're back just going to one person. So you can't, it's both ways. You can't pass down instructions, laws, commands, but you also can't make requests. You have to go to the one person. So I say it's counterfeit because we're supposed to bring all our petitions, all our requests, everything from our Heavenly Father, mm-hmm. who also wants to speak directly with each and every one of us. So this is, is counterfeit. And again, as it was pointed out, it is people trying to insert or place, in this case it's King Darius, in the place of God, whether he understood and realized significance of what was happening and the intent or consequences of those actions, what people were trying to do, and him ultimately agreeing and coming into alignment with that plan. It, it matters, and it's something that we need to, to be aware of, to learn from, and understand 
so we can do what's right in the sight of God and our Heavenly Father. All right? Yes. So there's a lot in there. So we're going to pause there for today. And we are going to uh, pick it up in verse 10 tomorrow. Okay? Can I get someone to close us out in prayer? I will. All right, promise. Lord, just thank you for making your command absolute and making no other command that can go over the command that you've given. And Lord, I also thank you for having absolute power so you can empower us to do the things that you want us and allow us to do. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Well, we love you, each of you. And Dean, we're thankful that you're here with us Mm -hmm. to discuss the word together. We appreciate you. So, that being said, I love you. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.